Hello, hello, and welcome to Curious with Jake Heilbrunn. I am super excited for today's episode, which is part two with Guy Ferdman. Now, if you haven't listened to part one with Guy, I highly recommend. It's just the last episode that was recorded. I split it into two because we went deep, and I felt like it could be definitely two episodes. So there are some gems in episode one, and it's also a great foundation for understanding where Guy's coming from and kind of a foundation for his philosophies now. With that being said, you definitely don't need to listen to part one um, to get a lot of value from today's episode, which is part two. And there are honestly some crazy things that Guy talks about, um, considering that this interview was recorded in October of 2019, before any of us had any idea about the whole coronavirus. Guy makes some pretty scarily accurate predictions about what's going to happen, um, which to me just gives more credit to all the things Guy is saying and the intuitive wisdom that he talks about in both episodes about how our bodies and getting in touch with our own energy um, is so important. So I'm really excited for this one, guys. It's a really good one. And without further ado, part two with Guy Ferdman. Yeah. It's like process. Yeah, I, I know. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. love it. And it's funny, like the further that I'm progressing, like I, I've been now into personal development for like five, five and a half years. Yeah. And it's similar where I think maybe it's just me getting interested in it or I'm observing something, but it is kind of cool. And I'm really into breath work too. So yeah. maybe that's why I'm like seeing the whole body element too. Um, but it's funny, like four years ago, if I was, I would say like, no, five years ago, I kind of had like an awakening experience. I dropped out of school for sure. this whole experience. But before then, like I would have listened to this conversation and be like, what the fuck are these two talking about? Like all this energy stuff. But you can't deny, like for me, I can't deny the experiences I've had and my understanding of energy and how important it is mm-hmm. to like everything you were saying. It just can be, it, but it's almost like the exciting thing is I feel like I'm hitting the tip of the iceberg here. I'm like, there's this whole infinite world that I'm like ready to like experience more and learn more about. And that's what I think I'm, was really interested in talking with you and I think I could talk to you for 20 fucking hours. <laughs> I'm like, oh, like we haven't even gotten into any yeah. of your stuff and maybe That's we'll fine. save that for another conversation. Yeah. Um, but I did just want to ask, I couldn't find this. What does Satori Prime even mean? And like, where did you come up with that? Because I was like, where? They didn't like, yeah. at first, you guys, your site, I mean, you've done years of marketing. Yeah. Your site's really clean. Thank you. I appreciate that. So what is Satori Prime? Uh, I want to just harp on one quick thing about what you said about like energy would have been strange four years ago. Like for, so for me, just to give you a little feedback on just what I feel when I'm around you, like I think you're a very old soul and I think you've probably done this a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So when you start being introduced to work like this, yeah, there's like a, a, like a natural, like I don't think you're a type of person that struggles with personal development. Yeah. Like you don't find it hard. It's, Is that true? It comes, it's like a, I feel like it's almost like a part of my, uh, the way I live and operate. It's yeah. like part of like, and I, I get the same feeling from you, though. I was going to ask you, is like, have you always had this like part of you that's like drawn? Uh, yeah. When it happened, it became very natural. Up until then, it was a huge fucking struggle. And I could tell a story here that I, I've rarely shared, even with my friends, um, if it's appropriate. But like, uh, I kind of meant like when you were learning something new, it just kind of it comes very naturally to you. Oh. Like, it, do you, do, are, are de- you struggling? Is it hard, or is it, it kind it of like? It totally depends. Yeah. Like, uh, if I'm interested, it comes easy. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. Yeah. I think, I think like what it, what it, what, kind of what I mean by this is like, um, for me, we're not learning. There's nothing to learn. We're not even discovering because there's nothing to discover. Everything that is always was and always will be. If anything, we're remembering and then we forget 
or and we remember. So it's like for me, it's like more like a remembering. And if again, I can get yeah, into all this crazy like, shit. I'm feeling like my whole body. Is like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, we're we're in a remembrance. Yeah, and we it's like we forgot for a while, and then we're remembering again, right? It's just what happens. Like the pendulum swings. Um. So uh, and if you know anything about like Akashic records and all that, it's like that's all it is. It just becomes more let's call it bioavailable. The more that the more of us remember, the easier it becomes for the rest of us to remember. Mm -hmm. Like uh, with extreme sports, we know this too. Like uh, Tony Hawk hits the 900, whatever it was, 15 years ago. Two years later, it's like a 12 year old is doing that. No problem. (laughs) Bannister runs a four minute mile. A few years later, a 12 year old is running a four minute mile. Something that was unimaginable. So we can see it in the physical space too, that the moment something is remembered, it becomes easily available to the rest of us. So I'm very omnipositive about the future because the more of us that are growing and are remembering these frequencies, it becomes more accessible just, to the you planet. You kind of just radiate that outward. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and the last thing I wanted to say before we go into the Satori Prime stuff is Nikola Tesla, who is you know easily one of the smartest people that's, that's lived in the modern era, um, has this line that goes, you want to understand the universe, understand, he goes study frequency, energy, and vibration, I think, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, so he does, he's not saying understand your mind or psychology. He's saying like understand the, the energy forces around you and you'll understand everything. So it's really not that far-fetched, right? Like science is, is pointing in all the same directions. Yeah. Um, Satori Prime, yeah, so it's been a it's been a long journey. I'm just yeah, no worries. Cool. It's been it's been a it's been a hell of a journey. Um, the in short, when before I was in this space and had my own company, I was in uh, commercial real estate when I was your age, and I did pretty well um, for someone that age. Um, you know, making like two three times the money that most people make when they're that age, and um, we had a hedge fund that we called Satori. And the reason we called it Satori was my brother read a book by Osho, I think, and he ran across the word, and Satori means, uh, like, the moment of enlightenment. So it's like when you're having, a, like, the awakened experience, it's, that's what Satori means. Um, and then uh, when we started the company, I was uh, in affiliate marketing. So we used to have this, like, side of the company that was doing well in affiliate marketing. And when I was part of this affiliate company, like, nobody was using their names. And uh, my brother was is my partner still, and Guy and Elon Ferdman is just, like, not very sexy at all. So people had, like, these companies called, like, Loyal Nine and all this other mm-hmm. shit. So we're like, okay, we need a company name. So we liked Satori from the hedge fund days. And then I think I probably saw, um, like, Transformers right yeah, around yeah, then. Optimus yeah, and Optimus Prime. And I always loved Optimus Prime. I used to think that was, like, a really cool name. So we're, like, playing around. I like Satori Prime. I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of good. And then maybe, like, three, six months later, somebody asks us this question about the company we didn't really ever look it up. So that this is where things get weird and channeled and have their own divine intelligence to them. So we're like, Satori, moment of enlightenment. And then Prime Test was like first or, you know, like something like that, leader, some shit. So eventually we look it up. I don't remember the exact definition, but it's something like uh, your, moment, your moment of greatest strength and vigor, meaning like the challenges that one would go through in order to achieve alignment is like basically what the company What's means. Satori Prime yeah. means. So like Prime means like the moment of strength and of vigor, something like that. It's like, it's like basically like the challenges one would face mm-hmm. and then Satori is like the moment of alignment. So it's like basically what you need to go through to get to alignment. Was it you who, who was talking about that um, where it's like if you're feeling frustration, it's like, oh, that's a good thing because that means you're on the precipice of hitting that breakthrough. I, it had to be. I you mentioned that, yeah. yeah. I think it was you and Sam Skelly. Yeah. Um, oh, she was... stole my shit. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. No, 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 you I'm kidding, talked I'm about it with her. Is what, oh, uh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, That sounds right, yeah. And I think that's such a good reminder. Mm-hmm. Basically, basically, like people are um, really worried about not knowing 
I think it's a great state to be in. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like the best state you can ever be in is realize that you don't know shit. Um, then, you know, you'll get curious and you'll learn more and you'll get reinformed by life. So for me, it's like uh, I say, if you, right, the thing that happens before you learn is confusion. The thing that happens before you have breakthrough is frustration mm-hmm. every time. It's funny you said that because we had a we have a team call every Friday where we kind of do fun questions. They were like, "What are you? If you could see a crystal ball, like what would you want to see?" And I don't want to actually know anything about my future, but what I want, and this is, uh, I feel like you're on this, is I just want uh, to trust myself deeper in my experience. That's beautiful. And for you, like you've done all of these things. What would you say? Is, like, how do you how do you think about that concept of like trusting yourself and developing that, that tool? Yeah. Um, it's a great question. I, I feel like today it's funny. I, I feel like I trust myself a lot. I always have, but that's again, kind of how my program is set up maybe too much mm-hmm. to, to the point of idiocy, to be honest. Um, what I would love to trust more is, um, honestly God in like the most simple way. I know that's a, very broad term when people use it, but like to trust in something bigger than me, to be held in that energy and to trust that it's always has my highest purpose and alignment in its field and it's taking care of me that way. I've had enough um, ayahuasca experiences to know that that's the way of things, that we're all so supported um, to uh, to degrees that are, are probably hard for our minds to imagine. So like for me, I always do those things to remind myself of that level of trust that I could have, that I, I know that I don't, mm-hmm. that I, that in moments where my life is like clicking is when I have the most trust. So it's like to be present with that and know that we really are, everybody on this planet is that support. It doesn't matter what experience you're having. It doesn't negate that or disprove it to me in any way. It's just like you're most likely fighting it. You think you know better. You think you know how your life is supposed to go when you do that. Um, it steps out of the way and it goes, okay, it'll give you, it'll give you the wheel and it'll be like, you do it then. But it's like 14 billion years of evolution. As far as we know, 14 billion years of evolution of this construct of this crazy universe that everywhere we look, it's fucking magical. (laughs) Yeah. Like everywhere. There's nothing that in our planet, like I have a 10 month old son, like this world we (laughs) live in chills is magical but you know we we it we becomes mundane to us but it's like your feet are on the ground and you're walking around like if we if, if somebody from a different universe had to take a drug to see what we see on a daily basis they'd be like look at this fucking psychedelic adventure that we're on <laughs> but that's that's we're just yeah that's it. we're on it right so it's like here we go 14 billion years of evolution never asked you a fucking question about how things are supposed to go and everything in this universe is organized to perfection including our planet right organized to perfection then these monkeys come along that we call, you know, homo sapiens, and they live for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years and have about this much, right, like this little glimpse of life in a single, in a single part of the frequency of the light spectrum of the, like the dot, the dot, the dot, the dot, the dot, and then we go, okay, yeah, no, I'll trust, I'll take over this whole thing life and I'll do whatever the fuck I want. It's like, to me, it's like you can, you can do that if you want, and we've been doing that for a while, we're like trusting our own intelligence, mm-hmm. or... You can try like an experiment, um, non-denominational in religion here at all. Like I don't give a shit about that stuff. But try courageously. It takes courage to do this. To live in alignment with divine intelligence. How do we do that? I say you can't see more than an inch in front of your face at any given time of your life. So if you're trying to plan five, ten years from now, go fuck yourself. Everything is going to change anyway. 
So the one thing that I can tune into right now is sit here right now, get present in my body and ask myself a simple question. Two, two questions. Number one, do I feel safe? Number two, what's going to bring me joy? What action right now could I take to bring me joy? I say that second one, that second one, what's going to bring me joy is where God is. It, that, that is divine intelligence trying to work through you because it, what makes you happy is that is your alignment, right? Like you do what you love, you, like you're experiencing that more and more in your life. It's like opportunities just open up in front of you. You don't even fucking understand what's happening. Yeah. You're like, how is this all this happening? I'm putting no thought into this whatsoever, yeah. but yet there's opportunities all around me, right? Mm. It comes back. I'm yeah. smiling because yeah. I'm like, it also, this whole conversation, we keep, it keeps, you know, connecting the dots. Because sure. then if you're in that state of frequency of joy, right, then you're like a vortex for bringing more of that in, which then is like, you're experiencing that divine feeling of like that high level of bliss we were talking That's about. right. Energy begets energy. If yeah. you create from anger, you're going to get more anger. If you create from joy, you're going to get more joy mm-hmm. so most people when they're taking action they're 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 uh, what people don't know about themselves is they're they're in a non-stop state of flight or fight uh, fight or flight constantly their their uh parasympathetic system is non-stop it, it's like they it's like the lion has been chasing them and it hasn't stopped for 30 or 40 years so they've been doing that for so long that they no longer know what know what it feels like to actually be in a relaxed state yeah they're just in it all the time. So if you're in a fight or flight state, like let's say a lion is chasing you and I'm trying to have you make decisions about your love life yeah. or your finances or anything else for that matter, mm-hmm. like where are those decisions coming from? It's like, what's good for me like, yeah. in right now, scarcity and fear. You're in survival mode. Yeah. And that's what, so people are choosing constantly like, okay, I'll take that job. But what is it? Did you want that job? Or is it scarcity and fear? Oh, well, I'll just get that extra $5,000. That'll give me the security that I've been looking for. No, it won't. Because the security that you're looking for isn't mental. And it's not a construct of anything that you're going to build or anything that you're going to buy. Safety is not something that you acquire. Safety is something that you develop within yourself. It's a way that your system starts operating when it actually gets information and a glimpse for what safety means. Now, every child on the planet is born into safety. That's Actually, that's not true. A lot of us are born into safety. A lot of us are not. And, and if you're not, like for instance... When when my wife was pregnant, we had this realization that just because the child's not here, it doesn't mean they're not here. They might not be here, mm-hmm. but an inch away, there they are, right? Like, they're right yeah. in there. And they're developing, and they're thinking, and they're feeling. Maybe not thinking the way that we understand thinking, but they are. And where so where's the baby getting its data from? What's the eyes and ears? It's the mother. And if the mother is the eyes and ears, then the perception that the mother is living in is the genes that are being turned on within the child, because hmm. like genes are like the like the sensors we use to perceive reality. Let's yep. call it that, right? So it's like if the mother is not safe or feeling not relaxed, then the baby's getting information. The world's not safe. Don't relax, and the baby actually comes out prepared for a world that's unsafe because it has to. That's survival. Mm-hmm. That's the that's its best the best way to survive, right? Yeah. So we we treated the third trimester like he was already here. And we did everything in our power to make sure that my wife was in as relaxed state as possible. And anybody who's met my kid usually is beside themselves and doesn't understand how my kid is the way that he is. And for me, that's a big part of it. I don't want to say it's all of it and we deserve the credit. Nature and nurture, I think, is both. But like, that's a really big part of it. So again, back to this whole thing, it's like, if we can help society as a whole feel safer, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, we've tried to acquire it, so we can't buy it. But when you spend more time in your system and you metabolize energy, the natural side effect of that is um, safety, well-being. And when you feel connection from those states, 
which most of us have not yet, or at least not in a very long time, you understand what human connection really is for the first time because you're not experiencing it from fight or flight, mm-hmm. which most of us are. So it's like we know connection, but we know from a, a scared place. And that, and when we get that connection, that's like medicine for the system because it's like, oh, it's safe to be in this world. It's safe to be in this world. It's safe to be in this world. And if it's safe to be in this world, then it's safe to also receive the experiences that you're having, no matter what they are. And if you're, so, and the opposite side of that is like when we don't feel safe and there's experiences coming at us and we go, I don't want to have that experience. I don't want to have that experience. What you're sending, the data you're sending down to your body all the time is I'm not worthy of these experiences. So you're saying, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy all day long. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. So the body's like in a state of I'm not worthy. That's yeah. why when you get a compliment, oh, I'm not worthy you're of like, that. Or I want a million dollars. Not worthy of that. Oh, yeah. that was something I did yeah. want to ask you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I read it or heard it. And I guess part of the reason I'm curious is because I've just experienced it for the first time. Sure. I had a trippy moment. It was my birthday the other night and I'm reflecting and I'm reading in my journal from a year ago. Mm. Like I'm so happy and grateful that I'm now have a podcast that's live, like interviewing these people. Cool. And, I'm, and I literally made the amount of money in last month, which was September, that I wrote in this book, which was double I love that. a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I also had a huge thing happen. Like, So I sat in ceremony with Sarah actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. after that, I've had so many breakthroughs. One was really tough. Um, where I just felt like I got really sad because I realized I wasn't recognizing my worth in a lot of areas. Sure. And it was like, like genuinely sadness. Like I cried and and I'm similar to you. Like I don't cry a lot, but I, I, you know, they're like, Oh, there's always that thing about worth, but I actually felt it for the first time. Like, Holy, I see in both specifically it was relationships and money slash business. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like, I, I've now recognized like the value that I bring. And then through working through that though, it's like there was a shift and now I've just hit my income goal. Why I bring that up is because I saw you something like everyone wants a million dollars, but we don't, but not everyone. It's like, if you, you don't just get a million dollars, you have to be at that frequency sure. to bring it in. Right. That's why lottery winners are losing the money. Cause they're not, they don't believe they're worthy of it. What's like, how do you, what's that process for someone? Okay. It's if they want something outside, how do they go through the inner journey? If you could say yeah. as that to, get to the frequency for which they do believe they deserve it. And then it can draw that in. Sure. That's a great question. And it's funny, uh, even a year or two ago, my answer would be really different. I actually haven't had to process this answer in, in quite some time. So mm-hmm. I was sitting here just feeling into it. And I, um, <clears throat> so I want to start with something that kind of annoys me <laughs> about the personal development industry is that yeah. people sell manifestation mm-hmm. as a concept or as an idea or as an ideal. But again, I, I think I asked you this question and so I'll just pose it here again for everybody else to fuck with their minds is like, we've made achievement really important. Like that, like that's the ideal human condition is to just achieve more. Mm -hmm. But it's like, if tomorrow achievement was no longer a necessity, like what would you do with your life? Like what action, like even try to think about one, one, one action that you've taken in your life that's free of achievement. And I would say most people, if not all people would not be able to answer that question. It's always been in order to get somewhere. Now, the reason manifestation pisses me off is because nobody needs to learn manifestation. Everybody's doing it all the time. They can't, you can't help yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're on this planet, your energy is manifesting your reality. Bottom line, your thoughts are manifesting your reality, right? That's uh, the level after the sensation, but the energy is the manifesting your reality. So it's like everyone's manifesting. The question is not how do I fucking manifest? Is what the fuck are you manifesting? Yeah, that's the. And so if you don't have the things in your life that you think you should have, quote unquote, um, there's something to look at there. 
now, so here's where I differ a little bit. I used to write my goals down like that too. And, I, and it's funny because I've noticed the same thing. Is if you write something down and you don't look at it, a year from now, you'll read it again. 80 to 90% of those things will have come to pass. Yeah. And I think that has more to do probably with the power of intention. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not really, and I, I t- I'm telling you because like a lot of this stuff, I don't know how it works. Yeah. I, I just know that it does. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how a light switch puts light on my house, but I know when I flick that thing on, it, it works. So like yeah. I trust that, right? So today, I think if you want a million dollars and you don't have it, tough noogies. Um, could you go do it? You could. You could, like, I made money before, like, when I first started my business, I was dead broke. The worst time to start a business, but I did it. It was in my heart, and it was very challenging. Eventually, we were making, you know, I got my company to, to multiple seven figures. I actually had two companies making multiple seven figures. And then um, in 2017, my brother and I wanted to do a hard pivot. We were, like, done with the affiliate marketing space. I was done training people on marketing, sick of all that shit. And I'm like, look, I started this to transform people's lives. That's why I came here. We were doing that, but it was like on the low. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I'm like, we're gonna have our little coming out party, and we're gonna just tell people this is what we do now. Now, because we had resources, and because I had been in marketing and had, you know, created a few successful businesses, I was like, cool. 90 days, we'll have this like transform- transformation business up and running. And I got to tell you, I dumped a lot of money into some of the things that you guys look at. And nothing moved. Like it was a very, very slow, methodical process. It was going like, into what you're currently doing. Yeah, like because yeah. we pivoted the company, and it was like starting over from scratch to the point where like I basically took all my finances and brought myself down to zero, like in pursuit of trying to create this company again. Um, so there was a lot of pain about that because I was living a life where when I went to a restaurant, I wasn't looking at prices anymore and traveling and doing kind of whatever I wanted to do within reason. Like I wasn't. Um, I had already bought all the things when I was around your age and I realized how empty that shit was. So mm-hmm. I didn't like go and pursue that all over again, but experiences like, Oh, that's where I put my money into. Yeah. Um, and my education and stuff like that. So, um, <clears throat> so to go back to all this, like for me, the number one thing I, I focus on today is my alignment. Whatever shows up around that, whether it's money or not, to me, that's just what, what's available right now. So I'm not making that kind of money anymore, you know, that I was before. And when I step back from that reality and like I feel the parts that get upset about that, the parts that are even scared about that. Um, and I actually ask myself, well, how are things going? The truth is I've never been happier. I've never been more fulfilled in what I'm doing. I've never served at the level that I'm serving right now. And in every area of my life, things have never been better. Mm-hmm. To me, that has way more value than if I put another half a million dollars in the bank right now. And something else that I saw is like the energy that created the results that I had before, my energy shifted a lot. My alignment changed a lot. And that energy that created that money was no longer there. So the money that was belonged to that energy went away with it. And now the money is being created again, but it's it's being created in a state of greater alignment so that when the money comes in, I'll, I'll be in greater alignment. I'm not making money anymore to make myself feel safe. And that was the big difference. I was doing that before. So that's the serv- this purpose that it served or that I thought it was serving, but it wasn't making me feel safer. Mm-hmm. And I could tell you guys from experience, I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs. I've coached easily over 10,000 people. And the people who I've seen who've gone from zero to millionaires in a very short period of time and who have checked all the boxes that society tells you to check are the ones that are doing the worst. Mm-hmm. They're the most scared. 
I've, I've seen a lot of men break down at tables when they're being honest about what's going on in their lives because their health is shit, their relationships are shit, and they're scared because they're all alone, but they have a lot of fucking money. And they get the hookers, and they do the cars, and they do all those things, and none of it helps. Not even a fucking iota. It's like it's like doing cocaine. It feels yeah. really good for a split second, then you're like, fuck, I'm doing harm to myself. Yeah. So And they break down and cry because the spiritual work hasn't been done, and they're chasing safety, and safety never comes. So to me, it's like when people say I want to manifest a million dollars, I'm like, well, let's talk about why you think you want that first, because what you're really asking is how do I get safety? Mm-hmm. And what I'm telling you from my experience is that money doesn't change that at all. Yeah. Not I, even a little bit. I just had a huge breakthrough while you shared that whole thing. <laughs> because what I realized, um, and I'd, I've been writing the same income, income goal for probably like two years to the last relatively present. Yeah. And why I just started smiling, I was like, it's, it wasn't about me hitting the income goal, but I told you about two months ago, I had that like kind of breakdown and it was about for me hitting the number that I believe that I was um, putting worth financially, right. like purely financially, not Jake Heilbrunn as a human being, but like I wasn't receiving the, and that's to me what felt so good about hitting it, but it wasn't, you're, you're right. Cause I'm like, Oh, if I just raise that bar and keep going after that, if that's, in alignment with like the value that I feel like I'm providing, then it will feel good. Sure. But I think for me, what was so fulfilling about, like I got chills the other night reading this. I'm like, it's here and it feels good because I'm like, I'm genuinely at that value that yep. like, it feels right that I'm earning that money. Like a hundred percent, right? Like not a penny under. Mm-hmm. So, so check yeah. this out. I mean, you can do this when we're offline if you want. Yeah. This is kind of what got me to this understanding is I, I, you know, I was in pursuit of money, like many of us are. And I, I meditated one morning, and I'm like, oh, let's play. So I drop into my body, and I'm like, so what's my state? What's my neutral state, right? And then I'm like, all right. So you can imagine anything. Like, well, you could put your awareness on Jupiter and start getting information from Jupiter if you want. Like, it doesn't really matter. Just you can put your awareness anywhere in the universe, and you will start getting data from that point of your awareness. So it's like, okay, cool. <clears throat> so sit in front of your computer and pull up your Chase account or whatever the fuck you have and start imagining more money in there like, and put your awareness there and see if anything changes in your body. Like, see if you feel safer in any way. And so I did this exercise and I was like a million, nope, two million, nope, three million, nope. And I got to 10 million and I stopped at 10. And I stopped at 10 not because I felt safer, but because I didn't feel any different at all. I was like, mm-hmm. I feel exactly the same way. And it like kind of stopped me from that pursuit because I'm like, well, if what I think is going to happen when I get to $10 million, which is this feeling, right? Like meeting the one or getting the perfect high or whatever it might be is not really there. Then what the fuck am I taking all this action for? That's inconsistent with what I actually want. Okay. So like, let's look at, at your situation. Cause I want to yeah. maybe give you like a, not a, not that you have a situation, but like what you just shared mm-hmm. about how, how would we create something that feels more in alignment? So I'll give you, I'll tell you my story and I have a feeling it'll open some door pay, doorways for you. Um, so a year into the business, it was monetary goals. And I can tell you that year was really fucking scary because we weren't hitting our monetary goals. So it's like, we're failing at what we're supposed to be easily su- being successful at. Why can't I, man- my, man- sorry, why can't I manifest, right? I'm a manifestation machine, like all these like ego shit. Okay. <laughs> so leave that alone. So, and, and so we would, December 31st, we were adamant about writing goals we wouldn't look at them the whole year and then we would look at them December 31st the next year. That's all we did. Never, never, I'm not a big write everything down person. I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know, just not for me. Um, but what we aligned to is like, how do we want to feel? That became our goals more than anything. 
next thing we looked at was what genuinely brings us joy with what it is that we're doing in our company. So one thing that we noted was that when a sale, big sale comes in, it feels good. New client, amazing, cool. But it won't be something that like my brother and I will then immediately communicate about. I won't be like, oh my God, client, woohoo. Like, yeah. we, won't, we won't celebrate the money, but you know what we will celebrate? Some person halfway across the world that we've never met before, that we don't know that's even listening to our podcast or consuming our information, but we suddenly get an email and it's like, headline, you've changed my life. I've been listening to your podcast for the last two years. I have never reached out to you, but I want to let you know that all these things in my life have changed. My business, my this, my that, my that, my that. Like, and just start listing things. And we get a lot of these. And again, I have chills because that's what lights me up mm-hmm. more than anything. And if I get one of those, I will pick up the phone and call my brother and maybe like, did you see that email? <laughs> yeah. So we were sitting there going like, so what are we going to create our company about? And I was like, you know, wouldn't it be cool if instead of worrying about money, which is such a pain in the ass, what we strive to create was 10 of those communications a day. Like what, what we're creating is that at least 10 people a day feel called to share with us what's changing in their lives in some way. I don't care if it's mm-hmm. an email and text and messenger on a comment box. I don't care, but like some communication. Thank you. Like something like that. Like some so the reciprocity about what we're creating in the world. And I was sat there and I went, that feels really good. And I said, okay, well, how would that work out monetarily? Well, for every like one person that reaches out to you, there's probably like a hundred to a thousand that Who don't. want to, but like don't. That don't, yeah. right? So now you start thinking, that's a pretty big number when you're thinking about 10 a day. Yeah. Just think like, okay, 10 reached out, maybe a thousand didn't today. Yeah. And those are all potential customers. Yep. So let's say even you get 10 of those a day, 365 days a year, that's 3,650 people acknowledging your work every year. Let's say... 10% of those people become clients. And let's say your like, average lifetime value of a customer is even $200 or whatever it might be, or $100, just to keep numbers super simple. You know, you've just put a fuck ton of money in your bank account. Like you're doing well into the six figures, like multiple, multiple six figures. That, to me, feels way more in alignment than chasing some arbitrary digital number that doesn't even exist yeah. outside of my own fucking landscape in my head. That's like a genius way to set a KPI. Yeah. Because you're still hitting the other things, but it's coming from that place. That's right. Because people are the value. Yeah. The money's not the value. The money, the money is the way that we're measuring value, but it's still energy. That, that It's an energy exchange at the end of the day. So people get so wrapped up in money... Um, but I think that's actually what it disables them from pursuing it because there's like, fe- there's so much fear and distortion around the money field in general. Mm-hmm. Um, like my goal right now is to get myself completely out of credit card and stop using credit cards because that field is so distorted. I can feel it now. Uh-huh. Like what it does to your psyche. I pulled all my money out of the stock market, pulled all my money out of cryptocurrency. Not cause I don't think it's a great way to make money because I can feel what it's doing to my alignment as it yanks me into these games that are being played on humanity and I want out of all of them. <laughs> well, it's, I want out. It's really cool to hear that because it's it just shows that you're operating. Like whether that's the right or sure. wrong decision, I actually don't give a fuck about. Yeah, same. But to me, it's cool that you're so clear on what you're here for and what matters to you. Because it's funny, like I, I continue to keep using credit cards. Um, or I plan on continuing to use credit cards. Sure. And I do understand, I'm like, dude, I'm always thinking about like, where's my credit? Like, like the, it does take up mental bandwidth in my head. Mm -hmm. And for me, like that's okay in this moment in time. But I think it's really cool that you're so tapped into like that because those are the little things that build up that take up so much mental energy. And you're like, you're like, then that takes you away from this moment here and now. 
again, like the micro responses, right? I hold yeah. the door for you, this, that. So it's like every time that, that slips into your consciousness, there's a part of you that's hurting or not feeling enough of something or behind on a payment or whatever it might be. And I still use my credit cards. I'm not saying I'm there yet, but yeah. like it's something that I, but I, I now know that that's what I want. Um, and again, like one something I did to myself is like last year, I wanted to get out of the marketing game altogether. I'm, I'm a very, very good marketer. There was a period of time I was easily one of the best Facebook marketers in the world, mm-hmm. like I'm way that. back when. Um, but today I don't really keep up on it. It doesn't really like excite me like the way that it used to. I still enjoy it from a psychological perspective, but it's like served its purpose. So I was like trying to buy myself out of my own job, which is I still lead the marketing uh, on our company. And we put all this money into all these agencies, like hundreds of thousands of dollars that did like nothing. Yeah. And again, like put me in all this debt that I didn't have before. And that's when I started feeling how it it like yanks you Mm -hmm. into these places. So it's like if alignment is everything, again, for me, that's the game today. Just alignment is the game. Then I, I refuse to have relationships of any kind, whether with people or credit cards that don't. Uh, allow for me to continue being in that state or that are either pushing me up or we're helping each other in some way with that. And again, that might seem like I'm cutting people out of my life that aren't there. I'm totally cool with wherever people choose to be. There's no hierarchy here. We're all the same thing. It's just like I'm choosing to play this game for me. Um, I mean, it's gotten to the point where this is going to sound crazy because it fucking is, but that's okay. You know, like I'm, 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 I'm trying to get out of the disillusionment of the reality that we've built as much as possible. And by the way, a lot of this is coming from my mentor, not just me and, and ideas that I'm playing with to see how they feel for me. So like, for instance, like uh, my family is back in Israel, most of my family. And I've been, um, this year in the States was 30 years after, since we've left. So, but I have these relationships, like my grandparents that are all still alive back there that I have felt at some level like obligated to keep going, right? And to like out myself like I have this relationship with my grandma but like every time I get off the phone I don't feel good Mm -hmm. she has all this fear which makes perfect sense she grew up uh, both my grandparents were in the holocaust and you know saw a lot of really horrible things and uh, live a lot of their life sourced from fear and when we get on the phone I can feel how the questions and like Mm -hmm. the relationship is kind of from there and it's almost like I have to uh, convey to her that I'm safe all the time and that feeling in my body doesn't feel good because it starts making me feel unsafe almost, right? Yeah. So when I get off the phone, I'm always like in a little bit of disarray and I find myself suddenly complaining about her and this and that. And that's just like not how I am usually. So here I am like, I was, you know, talking to my, my mentor about this and like working the energetics of it. And he's like, look, you know, these titles, he goes, this is going to be hard to hear. I'm like, okay. He goes, these are just titles, but these are man-made titles. There's no obligation. Not really not to keeping the relationship alive, not to having even a conversation with her ever again if you don't want to have it. Mm-hmm. But because there's a title and again, all the cognitive and the cultural dissonance. baggage of like, you don't you, talk to your grandma, yeah, what's wrong with you? Like, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, all, and I could feel like the pain of that. Like you, know, you tune in, it's like, like not listening to your elders. Like there's mm-hmm. pain about that in our society, right? All sorts of things. He goes, but you know, it doesn't mean she has to be out of your life, but you get to draw the boundaries about what that means. And I've been playing with that because I'm like, do I want to deal with that every single time or every time I think about my grandma? Maybe it's healthier to take some space apart. I don't know if she'll be around. Maybe I'll regret that decision later on. But it's like even to take some space apart to not have that interaction so maybe that I can grow in a way where like that judgment or that feeling is no longer there. Again, tough thing to hear. But as far as I'm concerned, like none of us have an obligation to each other. Mm-hmm. 
nobody's responsible for anybody on this planet. A parent has a responsibility to their child as far as keeping them alive and you know nourishing them to a point. But there's a point where it's like the child's responsible for their own life. The parent doesn't have to keep parenting. Most parents keep parenting because they don't know what to do anymore. Um, and we can we can look at or at least play with that I'm only responsible for me. Now, if I'm only responsible for me, then loving myself might be the most important thing that I can do. And not because it's a selfish thing, but because if I learn to love myself, it means I'm deteriorating the parts of me that have judgments about what I am. And my, my contention is that whatever judgments you have internally are, are the judgments you'll have of society. So if, uh, if I'm judgmental of myself every time I'm angry, when I see an angry person, I judge them. Yeah. Just what's so. But if I... If I'm, if I'm able to be with my anger, if you want to call it that, uh, naturally, neutrally, whatever, and with, with love, unconditional love, and that, the, that no longer bothers me, that sometimes anger is part of my life, and I, I exude it in a very healthy way. Mm. When I see angry people, I feel nothing but compassion, right? It's like, oh, he's angry. I have compassion for that, because I'm not judging myself. So it's like the deep work that we want to do, that everyone on the planet is trying to make everyone think like them, feel like them, and act like them. Thinking that by them doing those three things, we'll feel, I'll feel safe. If everyone just thinks and acts like me, you would fucking hate that. Yeah, yeah. You would fucking hate that. And it would make our world lose so much color and vibrance. We would, none of us would want to live in that world. So it's like so ironic. The world that we're stri- striving to create to in peace yeah. doesn't even make sense. But the moment you do your internal work and you love yourself then you end up loving everybody so it's like the world that i think a lot of us want to see in the future is not about changing the world or cleaning things up or making people believe what you want to believe and that's kind of the disarray of this generation a little bit it's called like the green meme and spiral dynamics it's like everybody wants to be like everybody else but that that also is going to be a failed fucking experiment because at the end of the day you see all these people who want equality but all they do is judge everybody into trying to get them to equality it's like no you're just just another form of judgment that yeah. you're using, right? So you're basically like using equality racism on people. Um, so for me, it's like, just do your fucking work. Mm. You want to support other people in doing their work? Great. But you might not even know what work they're supposed to be doing. So like the, the, the old teachings is like, <laughs> sit with yourself, you know? And like, most people don't know how to quiet down. They're scared the moment they get quiet. But if you can learn and get proper reflection, how to quiet down, start working your parts, working your body, you're going to see all these different changes inside that naturally has you show up in the world different. The world's going to look different. So to me, it's like, just, just stop. Do the inner game. Yeah. Just do your inner game. Yeah. <sighs> do your inner game, man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love that, man. Cause it's also like the, it's the chain reaction where if you see someone and I've had this a couple of times and especially as I'm more tuned into like feeling the energy of someone, if someone's like vibing high and pure with love, you're like, what are you doing, buddy? Because yeah. I want to do that. And there, and it's never coming from a place I'm, I'm trying to change you. Like, I get very turned away from that because it's like you can sniff it out. But if someone is so happy in them, I'm like, I'm going to pay attention to what you're doing because I want to vibrate from that yeah. place. I think you're, you'll you'll like this. Um, you know, I was saying before about, like, uh, remembering and how that just, just helps. So mm-hmm. in um, spiral dynamics and, and things like that, like, we're moving right now into, like, the integral uh, phase of consciousness, right? So integral just means, like, there's going to be a lot more cohesiveness and inclusiveness, which is already happening. Yeah. We've seen that since, like, the 50s and 60s. At every level of consciousness, as it rises, there's more inclusivity and more compassion. So, which is beautiful. And by the way, I could... I had a weird thought this week about that, but, um, so 
as we move through these stages of integral, uh, the estimate is that about 5% of people on the planet are at integral, integral right now. Hmm. I'd like to think that I'm at there or I'm like scratching the, sur like the surface of it right now, so I can't tell you that I'm there, but there's a certain language that goes along with it, a certain feeling and a vibration. So the beautiful part about this is when we, we have moved through a lot of consciousness in a very short period of time. Like if you think about 50s to 60s from like Stepford Wives to the hippie movement, mm -hmm. pretty big jump yeah. in a very, very short period of time. And then like, so that that's transcended now very quickly into even today, which is a beautiful part, like this green meme. Green is right under turquoise and turquoise is integral. So it's like, yeah, a lot of the world is at green and there's a lot of distortion there. But as we clean up that distortion, there's a lot more people popping into integral. So the, why I'm sharing this is, uh, well, two things I want to share with you. Number one is when they do research on what creates global movements, meaning like a global uh, adoption of a certain level of consciousness is that it's not, it's not what people think, like a 50% or anything like that. Isn't it like 10% or something it's or 10 11%? It's 10%. Yeah. So when 10% of people get into a state of consciousness, it becomes like wildfire. It just like spreads across the world. It's like the Malcolm Gladwell. So we're, we're about five to 10 years away from that. Wow. Which again, chill, chill central on yeah, that yeah. one, right? Like that's a really exciting thing because again, it's like stop working on them, work on you, be part of that 10%. And then the world's going to change. Yeah. Like that could happen like this, right? So, and I think that's coming really soon. I've had this hit that something really big is going to happen next year uh, anyway, um, energetically for a very, very long time, whether it's like disclosure or some other shit that's going to happen on our planet, I'm not sure. Um, the other thing that I think you'll, you'll drive on is like, even scientifically now, they have a, a terminology for this. I don't remember. Do you know what Akashic records are? Nope. Okay. Akashic is like, um, it's like the sole storehouse of information. So if you think of like you have a server with all your data from all your lifetimes, uh, okay. the Akashic records is I've, that. I've had that concept. I just never yeah. had a word for it. So yeah. people can do like a, there's people that say they can access Akashic records and mm -hmm. I've had readings like this so they can go back to your like past lives and give you information from this life and like how it would support you. Um, so uh, science now has a terminology for this too. Um, they don't call it the Akashic, but they have their own language for it. I don't remember why or what they call it. But why they have this, because what they've noticed is phenomenon where like you'll have, let's say, 10 um, or whatever. It doesn't matter the number, but like 10 um, different facilities trying to figure out how to like synthesize a new protein or something like that. And the interesting part if when they do that is the pro when protein, they look at it, it like bends like a like origami paper in you know, like certain directions and there's, they can't find what directs it, like what makes it, what, where are the directions for this? Right. Huh. Um, so that's number one. They're like, there's information coming from somewhere else that we can't perceive. That's number one. Number two is eventually when one of these labs does figure out how to synthesize this protein or whatever they might be trying to do within a very short period of time, the other nine labs will also figure out how to synthesize this protein without them sharing any information between themselves. Oh, I've heard about this. Oh, who shared this concept? It was like 10 islands, and, and once the first person figured out how to get off the first island, all of them figured it out at the same yeah. time. And this, so this phenomenon is true like yeah. in every way, right? So again, like the way one thing is done is the way everything is done. So I'm using it from that point of view because I want to ground spirituality in science too because science yeah. is the current state of spirituality basically yeah science is the new god right like and silicon valley is where jesus lives these days yeah so um the reason i'm sharing that again is like that's a phenomenon that keeps occurring so again i want to keep driving this point home that everyone's working externally 
on a problem that's not external, on a problem, if you want to call it a problem, on, a, on, a, on something that we really want to be working internally. So it's like we're all reaching out. We, we could be reaching in. And then we would accelerate that process so greatly because we would help others remember through our own remembrance. And by the way, that takes a lot of pressure off mm-hmm. from having to fucking figure out what to do with everybody because yeah. there's nothing to figure out. Just go into your system do your thing, and then the world's going to transform in some of the most beautiful ways that we've ever seen. And then the last thing I'll just say is, for anybody who's listening, whatever you think about our planet right now in the state of decay, that's probably maybe happening. It's tough to say because media controls so much of the information. Social media is doing the same. Like, uh, I want to get real with you guys. Like, I don't think we're living in a democracy anymore. Like, at least when they were in communism, they knew they were behind an iron curtain of information. We're behind one now too, but we don't call it anything it as yeah. That. yeah um you know somebody told me the other day that they like posted something on vaccines on facebook and they took it down and they like warned them that this is like a false thing that they were putting on there well who's determining that that's false you know like this is supposed to be about freedom free, exchange of information and, yeah free will. and it's not so like i promise you like i know right now with stem cell research they just changed the laws and google was commanded take everything down on stem cell research in america like don't show them this data anymore they're, sh- they're shaping our consciousness, right? And 100%. they're running these crazy experiments online right now and digitizing and figuring out all this cool shit. Yeah, yeah. I know they cut jo- uh, Joseph Mercola's stuff by like 99% from Google. Yeah, it's happening. Anybody who's trying to do good that's not the pharmaceutical brand of doing good is basically being taken taken under. So um, my bottom line is like, you know, I'm, I'm using some scary shit here, but like the, the other part of it is, honestly, when we look at every data point on everything in humanity today, it's never been better. There's less violence, there's more wealth, uh, like there's more creativity, like every data point that really matters to humans outside of maybe us destroying our planet, which is probably not the coolest thing on the planet. Um, I don't know that we're doing that or if it's just a change. I really kind of like my opinions on that vary. Um, But like, I think we're moving into a really like a a golden era of humanity. Um, And if you listen to the news and you allow for that energy to enter your body, the work that you have to do is only going to be deeper and harder because the cognitive dissonance, like with seeing pregnant women on the table and pain mm-hmm. all the time creates a certain reality for you and for the people around you. So it's like, if you want to, again, if you're part of this mission to see this world change, disconnect from that stuff, you know, maybe have some awareness of it, but you don't need to play in that world all the time. Get yourself feeling safer. And when, and like when all the choices we make on this planet come from safety and not from scarcity and fear, I can't even imagine what kind of world we're going to be in. Yeah. Well, speaking, let's end, let's end on a high note. Yeah. Like um, where can people find you if they want to learn more about everything you're doing? Yeah, we have a lot of uh, cool resources from um, like audio meditations to webinars that you can come on and get live coaching from us. Uh, the easiest place to start is just go to our website, uh, satoriprime.com. It's uh, S-A-T-O-R-I-P-R-I-M-E.com. You'll see a picture of me and my brother on there. And honestly, you can just reach out to us directly. If you have any questions, pick a social media. You'll find us. Um, yeah, and then just come check us out, see what we do, and we'll happily help you out. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, dude, during this conversation, I've had multiple moments where I literally felt like <laughs> just like my whole body, like I felt like heightened. So yeah. I just want to say thank you, dude, for making the time for this. This was super fun for me. Like this is my like flow state. Totally. So I appreciate you, dude. My pleasure. Yeah. Cheers, man. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. 
If you found value from this episode and want to make sure you're notified when new episodes are released, please subscribe to the show Curious with Jake Heilbrunn on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you're tuning in. And if you feel called, please leave a review on iTunes. That would be super appreciated and it allows for others to help find the show. Lastly, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show and what you found valuable, your takeaways, and what you found interesting. So please let me know on Instagram at Jake Heilbrunn or wherever you feel called to connect. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode. Stay curious.